0: Welcome back white women enthusiasts. It's your host, Kylie TJ, back with another fantastic episode of White Women Wednesday, the only podcast that talks exclusively about Caucasian women on the middle day of the week. As always, we've got a great episode awaiting us today, a distinguished guest, and we're really thrilled.
1: Yeah, we're back from our hiatus in Nepal, and we're been raring to go we just had a lot of ideas bouncing around so we got a great one for you today
0: today we are joined by a man who is very distinguished in his field and that is Dr. Hugo Kapu now I, I can't lie doctor a lot of your research a lot of the technicalities of your profession they kind of go over my head so I'm not even gonna try to explain what you do I'm just gonna turn it over to you and, and have you give us a background on what you do. Uh,
2: So I graduated from Harvard in 2014 at the age of 18. Uh, I was valedictorian in my class, and then I went to Harvard again for grad school, obviously, and again graduated uh, magna cum laude. Um, Then I went on, obviously, to work at Berkeley. Um, Had a great time. Um, My most recent study has been an in-depth study of the relationship between white woman GPA and white woman, uh, personalities and social status. So what I did Mm. was I took, uh, 8 million white women students in college. Wow. And, uh, what I did was I took, uh, psychological surveys of all these women and then cross referenced them with their transcripts. Uh, and then allowed a machine learning algorithm to partake in uh, some unguided machine learning. which basically So kind of like
0: quantum data computing?
2: Precisely, precisely. We actually did use a uh, quantum processor to get this going. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I
1: think that's good because I heard, you know, with regular computing, um, you would get accuracy but not precision. But with co- quantum computing, you can get accuracy, which needs precision. Correct,
2: yeah. We, uh, we really encapsulated the whole circumference of the thing. Mm-hmm.
1: So what was this uh, machine learning doing? Were you creating like the average white woman uh, AI, essentially making like, come on, what's the movie where it's a sexy robot? Ex, of, Machina. Uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm picturing. But a great film.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, we were actually more interested. So uh, when it comes to guided learning versus uh, unguided machine learning, the big difference is that with guided learning, you already know what the pattern is. But with unguided learning, you're just letting the data speak for itself and seeing what pattern emerges. Okay. So we wanted to see if there was any correlation between white woman GPA and what types of personality they were, uh, what major they were, what classes they studied, just all sorts of interesting patterns, whatever we could find. Okay.
0: That is super interesting. Can you maybe summarize some of the the results of this study? And again, you're going to have to put it in layman's terms for um, those of us out there who don't have the same pedigree as, as you do, Dr. Kapoor.
2: Right, so I think uh, what we generally noticed was that women who were in STEM-oriented professions tended to be more focused and more driven and more ambitious, mm. whereas women who were in non-STEM-oriented professions, uh, they tended to be more social and outgoing. Mm. Uh, hmm. Sort of, you know, positives on both sides, but um, just different personality types in general was the main takeaway we could take from it. Um, there were more findings, of course, but I think uh, it's, it's easy. It's easiest to summarize it like that.
1: Okay, so that kind of ties nicely into what we were hoping to talk about today. Yeah, which is, wim, white women in
0: STEM. Right. It's. I mean, STEM is kind of the the catch all term, but it's a very diverse group of people, and it's a very diverse group of white women. So. Listeners, you're going to have to bear with us here. Um, we're going to have to make some generalizations just because STEM is so broad. But we are talking with someone who really knows his stuff when it comes to um, white women, as always. We only get the, the cream of the crop on the podcast. But um, white women in STEM, he studied them. He has worked alongside of them
2: i even went to school with them for many years yeah. that's true i know a lot of stem guys get a reputation for being anti-social nerds but uh i'm just gonna let you know despite graduating top of my class i did still go to plenty of parties oh
1: yeah
0: wow now you know that actually that stoked something in my mind um before we get into the nitty-gritty tech specs here um have you ever been romantically entangled with a STEM girl.
2: I'm actually uh, currently married to a STEM girl right now. Ooh, oh, congratulations! Wow, that's and, uh, that's been,
0: uh, maybe your greatest accomplishment.
2: Right. It's been uh, five years or so. Uh, she's a lovely woman. She's a doctor at the University of Berkeley, where I work. Uh, nice. Um, so, uh, research mostly, but she also dabbles in medicine with African orphans on the side. So, uh, you know, she, she does sounds it all. she
0: sounds like a wonderful lady.
2: Wow. She's amazing. What can I say? I'm,
0: I'm sure. The listeners at home are wondering, is she a white woman in STEM or just a woman in STEM?
2: Uh, she is, in fact, a white woman in STEM. Wow. wow. That's awesome. I'm not, I'm not sure, even despite my pedig- pedigree, uh, I'm not sure I would have felt qualified to come on the podcast if I wasn't, in fact, married to a white woman true. Well, That's STEM. true. To the that's true. That's true. Because she gives <laughs> me unique perspectives into white women instead for my research as well. So she gets to see it from a different angle.
0: That's awesome. You know, we always say on this podcast that we love our listeners, but not as much as we love white women. Mm-hmm. But we also love to love white women.
1: We do. all. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, uh, <laughs> or for you, Doctor, but uh, at least for the hosts, we love to love white women. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very active kind of love. <laughs> really, you could say we like we live out our vocation every yeah. day.
0: It's a good way to put it, but, but I digress.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So, I think, you know, before we get too in the weeds on white women in STEM... Um, we need to talk about a little more specifically who these white women are. You know, for our listeners who maybe they don't study or work in a STEM field. um, So we're talking about white women who are studying computer science and engineering and chemistry and biology. But I think the big question a lot of people are going to have right now is they're going to say, nurses, nursing students, do these white women count as women in STEM or not?
2: Right, so if you ask me, uh, this is kind of an opinion question, obviously, you can't really definitively say what makes something STEM or doesn't, but in my opinion, I would say uh, this is one of my three categories of STEM white women, which is sort of the uh, fake STEM white women. Okay. So, for instance, you brought up nurses. Let's talk about nurses. Uh, STEM usually gets some, you know, credibility for uh, academic rigorousness, logic, uh, ambition, and nursing. I think their principal defining attribute is their compassion, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's, it's, admirable. it's very asynchronous, uh, sort of like an asynchronous thread in computing Yeah. Uh, yeah. to most white women in STEM. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, and you know, I, I did some research on this before you got here. Mm-hmm. And I think your, your viewpoint is actually very much aligned with other top experts in yeah. STEM fields.
1: What does the data say?
0: Yeah, so you know I'm I'm very keen on data, yeah. but according to the Labor Bureau of the United States, of course, if you live in a another c- country, it might be different there. Shout out to our Argentinian listeners, um, but but the Labor Bureau, Department of Commerce, and the National Science Foundation, they all do not categorize nursing as a STEM profession. Wow! Oh, and true. their reasoning for that is um, largely to do with like research opportunities in that. You know, research in nursing is very Mm -hmm. different than research in, like, a hard STEM field. You know, you can do research in engineering topics that is firmly based in the science. Um, But whereas if you tried to do that with nursing, it would basically just be what doctors do, but worse, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also, when when we're talking about hard sciences, we're also – we're not including sciences that could be categorized under the humanities umbrella. So –
2: Speech pathology, for instance. Yeah, right. Um, political
1: science—it's not a science. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to say. Right. And <coughs> I'm willing to provoke some of our listeners right now and say that psychology is really not really a hard science.
0: No, I, I would agree with you on that too. But one thing, Dr. Kapo, I really wanted to get into is, um, you know, we've talked about the differences in like study and subject matter between maybe a real STEM girl and these fake STEM girls that you're talking about, these right. nurses. Um, but is there <clears throat> sort of a personality difference between these, these different groups too? Right. What so it actually yeah.
2: comes back to uh, my study, which I was talking about in the beginning. So yeah. you would think that nurses would definitely tout themselves as STEM girls, right? Mm-hmm. But we noticed in our study, like I said, the main result was that non-STEM people were more social and outgoing, whereas STEM girls were more uh, ambitious and driven and hardworking. Uh, we noticed direct alignment of the nurses with the non STEM girls. Oh. So huh.
1: well and you know, they don't really self identify as STEM white women necessarily <coughs> oh. either. They kind of they're very invested in the nursing identity but not so much the STEM identity. Oh, see. But at the
0: same time they kind of want the clout and prestige that comes with That's true. Other right. clout professions. So it's kind of this weird middle ground in my experience. Yeah. It's it's almost like a divergent series.
1: Yeah, but if you see someone walking around with their scrubs on in public, they probably think they're better than people in the STEM field as well.
2: I'm a hero. You should buy me a coffee. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that's a
0: a very concise way to put it. Yeah. Well, listeners, tell us what you think and let us know at whitewomenwednesday at gmail com. Are nurses part? of girls in stem white women in stem we want to know what you think and we want to hear your opinions on everything else we've talked about reminder that is whitewomenwednesday women wednesday at gmail.com
1: so i want to ask um just off the top of your head what are your other categories of fake stem white women
2: right so i think really once we've sorted out the uh oh once we've sorted out the fake stem white women there's two more categories of oh, okay. stem white women so yeah the fake subcategory is just kind of its own thing um, I think we've already hit the major points of speech pathology, nursing. Um, I don't think many pol- political science girls consider themselves STEM girls, so I, I don't know if we can even include them in that category. They yeah. might just be their own thing. True. Um, but then we hit the two major categories of uh, real STEM girls, so to speak, which mm-hmm. are the anti social STEM girls, mm. uh, STEM white women. Yeah. And then the hard-working white women who are in STEM, but they also have some social skills. Okay. Um.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so would you care to elaborate on maybe one or the other? Take your pick.
2: Right. So the antisocial girls, uh, they're the ones who you sort of look at in the hallway and you sort of think they're weird, Mm -hmm. they're odd, they speak too much in class, We can Probably all think of a specific individual in our minds right now, if you've ever... At least know. those of us
0: who have studied STEM. That's
2: a great point. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, true. I that's shouldn't, true. I shouldn't flex my privilege on you guys, but, uh, or, or, or curse, I don't know. Y- you guys can decide. Yeah. Let us know, listeners, at whitewomenwednesday.com. <laughs> wow,
0: when you've got Dr. Capood doing <laughs> your, your promos for you, yeah. you know you've made it.
1: We might just save that clip. <laughs> Played in every episode. Yeah. But anyway, so then... Um, so than the hard-working white women in STEM. Right.
2: I would also like to say one more thing about the... Uh, we'll get right on... Oh, yeah, yeah, women, yeah. Wh- Go for men. it. But I also think that the um, antisocial white women in STEM tend to be the ones in really, really weird relationships where it's like the weird kid in high school level of PDA in the hallway, um, uh, but it's just everywhere. I've witnessed this. Um, it's just like two people who are so unbelievably, creepily devoted to each other. Um, maybe they're into some kinky shit. Bedroom. True, we would never know because we don't have to be there. Thank God.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost like they've like hacked into each other's psyches.
2: I think yeah. that's a great. They've downloaded each other's source code. yes, yeah.
0: it's a great way to put it.
2: They're they're filling up each other's GitHub repositories.
0: So we have one more group though that we still need to talk about or, or you need to explain to us. So would you get into that?
2: Right. So uh, these are the real white women who have some social skills. Uh, they usually have. Plenty of friends in college. They might not like be extroverted. They might not go to parties, but they definitely have their own like you know little unique clique that they bond with, um, go to the beach with, uh, yeah, do their own thing with. They're basically normal white girls. They're just a little more introverted and shy, and again, ambitious and driven.
1: Okay, I s- so they would just have other interests outside of work or school, essentially. They're right, just, just well-adjusted people. Right, in, for the most part.
2: Right, and. Amusingly, despite the fact that, um, you know, you'd think the people who have no social skills would spend more time working on their profession and more be more driven, I think it's actually the uh, normal, so to speak, the more social white, girl, uh, white women in STEM that get the better jobs because Newsflash, in order to be a good, you know, level one computer engineer or something like that, uh, you can just, you know, take directions and that's enough. But in order to lead other people, you still need the social skills, which is where the real dough comes in. And you know what
0: they say: your network is your net worth.
2: Wise so, words. So
0: these these chicks that can network can kind of rise. I like quicker. That. Have we yeah. said
1: that in a previous episode?
0: I don't know, but it deserves to be said in maybe every episode.
1: Yeah, we should right. work that in. Um, so these these white women who have social skills and and hobbies and hobbies. Mm-hmm. They're the ones really kind of climbing the ladder the fastest, despite having other interests outside of work.
2: Right. Exactly. It's uh, I had a I had a teacher back at Harvard. He was a very smart guy. Very smart guy. Um, he was honestly maybe too smart because uh, I, I I've said it before and I've said it. I'll say it again. He would have been a better professor if he had partied more when he went to school and hmm. studied less. Mm. Just because he could have related to his students better. You know, that that
0: reminds me, too, of a story. Um, You know, the listeners really only know me as a white woman enthusiast, but I do have a a STEM background as well. Yeah. Um, And I had a professor, very similar situation. He he was talking to me as a freshman in uni, and he said, you know, I got a 4.0 at a prestigious university. And looking back, I'm proud of that, but I wish I would have attended some football games instead of studying.
1: It's almost like if they start studying too much and honing in so much on one thing, that being their STEM studies or work, it's almost like a for loop with no break that they get stuck in <laughs> yeah. infinitely. We call those uh,
2: forever loops. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know if we actually call them that, but <laughs> like well, that. It would be fitting. Yeah, it would. So we need to address the elephant in the room, which is we're talking about white women in STEM but there's just not that many of them. So yeah. I think, Kyle, you know, you had, you had something on this. Yeah.
0: You know, we hear very often, it's kind of, um, I don't know, spread throughout media, throughout culture, that we need more women in STEM. In fact,
1: we- it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to see A Tweet with those exact words with clapping hand emojis in between every exactly
0: and while I want to stress this to all of our listeners that is a noble intention women deserve to work in STEM fields and they're very often successful in those fields but sometimes it seems a little bit ironic because the people that it is coming from the people really pushing this agenda that women are disadvantaged in STEM fields are women who themselves have never once considered a STEM profession. Hmm. And to me, there's some cognitive dissonance there. It's like trying to divide by zero. I like that. So, Doctor, I was really just wondering what your take on this paradox is, of kind of these outsiders to white women in STEM um, being maybe the most vocal about the lack of representation of white women or women in general in STEM professions.
2: Right, so I think I'd like to say two things here. I think, first of all, um, to some degree, even though they're maybe more vocal than it deserves, I think there is some bias against white women in STEM.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I've seen female colleagues get less respect than they should have. I mean, I literally watch, have watched uh, female colleagues just straight up get interrupted just way more often than their male equivalents yeah yeah um, they get less respect yeah. um
0: and it's sad that that should not right. be how it is yeah
1: and walking into any situation where everyone else is in in-group that outnumbers you 20 to 1 is just going to be
2: hell yeah right just like that's the problem um so but i really think that we need more white women in stem is not the correct response you need to either do something about it yourself, which you're right. Most of the people who are angry about it don't do. Or alternatively, you need to look pretty much directly towards the future, and instead of giving your child a Barbie doll, and being shocked when she grows up an e-girl or an influencer, hmm. give her maybe some, some some source code to play with, or give her a cool robot that she can program. Yeah, um, it's all. I'm a huge believer in nurture, not nature. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Uh, Unfortunately, it's, it's an issue that can't be solved now, but maybe over the course of the next 20 years or so as we start to see the next generation emerge. Yeah, I do uh, think it's
0: interesting that you bring up e-girls because in many ways they are kind of the antithesis of the STEM girl. Uh, is this something you have witnessed before or have, have feelings about?
2: Right. So um, I think in a lot of ways uh, this can be – Displayed or seen through my uh, my my uh, PhD theorem, okay. the inverse relationship of hard work and hotness in white women. Huh. Um, so you see these E girls, and uh, y- they are usually quite attractive in a conventional sense. Uh, they've got the titties, the ass. I know I'm a professor, but I can still say those words. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, Right. So the thing is, I think, about e-girls is that in some ways, people who are, despite the fact I'm sort of speaking about them in a negative way, that they don't have to work very hard to get all the money that they do. Um, I think at the same time, it's important to note that we can't really judge them off of that. Like, it could be a totally just like a great business decision on their part. Like, I'm super hot. I can go talk to people. I have a bubbly personality. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe, Maybe Amaranth on Twitch is a great... Great engineer secretly, we don't know it. Yeah, maybe she's very smart and hardworking and driven, and just likes to post nearly naked photos on the side. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say.
0: It is for a casual viewer.
2: Right, and we'll never know. The fact is just
1: that the market is going to reward posting nearly naked photos in Twitch streaming. Right. More than a eighty grand a year entry level engineering job for her. Right. So. Maybe she's maybe you're right, maybe she's just making a good business decision mm-hmm. yeah
0: it's it's kind of hard to be mad
2: right. so my theorem right. my theorem wasn't even stating that necessarily people who are hot have to work work less hard, but it's that people who are hot don't have to work as hard if they don't want to right exactly. yeah, so it's like. That's probably
1: true for men as well. Yeah, it ties into.
0: Oh, uh, there,
2: oh, there. We, we can't. Well, well, Doctor Kapoor,
0: Doctor We were talking about this before we started recording. Just the idea of hot privilege. Yeah. Uh-huh. About you know things are kind of gifted to you. People talk yeah. about or, white
2: privilege these days. People talk about male privilege. Where are my campaigns on hot privilege? There's yeah. a lot of
1: hot privilege, and I was reading a thing. You know, could be talking out my ass here, but I heard that. The impression you make in the first two, three minutes would take at least 30 interactions to completely remove in someone's mind.
2: I've also read this study, yeah. So
1: that could be, you know, that could be internet hearsay, but seems to be true to me in my experience, and I think that being hot helps you make a great first
2: impression. Yeah. yeah.
0: If I had to. a uh, assign a boolean value to what you just said it would be true
2: thank you doesn't matter how good the hard drive is underneath if there's a pretty shell on top exactly Exactly. steve jobs knew this or he does not put his entire life's work into designing just the aesthetics of apple computers yeah while we're on the topic
0: can we talk about how mac os is just shit? yeah i know that's not related to white women but white uh, well white women what's the new
1: one is it mojave or whatever I've been having crazy problems. I working. don't
0: know, man. It try running SolidWorks on a Mac and you'll just okay. wanna do very bad things to yourself. I'm sure. But. I will
2: say whoever decided we were gonna try and write machine learning algorithms in Python on Mac OS is an idiot.
0: Yeah. It's not much more to say about that.
1: Okay, so These other women, you know, this was kind of just a passion project by Kyle that he discovered this, but these other women who get really furious about not enough white women in STEM, uh, but have zero interest in STEM themselves, they really kind of belong to their own version of STEM, or at least some of them do. And so, Kyle, why don't you take us through what that STEM is?
0: Yeah, so instead of, for these white women, instead of STEM representing science, technology, engineering, mathematics... Uh, STEM represents things like selfies, twerking, eat hot chip, and man hate. That's all these women know. They don't know how to, I don't know, perform a Fourier transform. They couldn't write anything in C++. And yet they're out here, you know, tweeting. They're, They're probably twerking away the weekends instead of, you know, I don't know, building a PC. Yeah. And it's it's almost somewhat offensive to real STEM, to the STEM. struggle that yeah
1: white women in STEM really have to go through
0: yeah. So I I mean that's a it's a personal opinion. Let me know if you disagree. If you have a different acronym for STEM white women, um, you can always let us know at whitewomenwednesday at gmail But uh, this is something that does get me a little riled up as a white women enthusiast with a background in the STEM field.
2: I will also say that uh, I'm not going to specifically target the group we've been talking about, but you guys talked about Art Hoes last week. We yeah. Did. And I want to say that uh, I think, as much of a bad rap as STEM white women get, I think compared to Art Hoes, just way above. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially so. when you're kind of considering it from the perspective of maybe societal good that they contribute. Yeah. I mean, there are some.
2: And also just reliability. Both like financially and as a person. Yeah. I also just think art hoes, I mean, one of the big points last week, I believe, was that they're just people trying to figure themselves out, right? Correct. Yeah. Whereas white women, they know who they are. They might not like it. Yeah, they white might, women in STEM. They might yes. be very angry at uh, how the world treats them in STEM sometimes, but uh, they at least know who they are as compared to the. That's, that's very true.
0: If we go all the way back to kind of the hierarchy we've discussed. Most of these white women in STEM would tend to fall into the independent white woman. Yeah, a large category. percentage
1: of them. And even for their critics, who, you know, I don't really know who the people in society criticizing white women in STEM are. I'm sure they exist. But I think, you know, maybe it's, uh, it could be kind of how we talked about the pyramid, other white women who are trying to knock down independent white women to perhaps climb the pyramid. Mm -hmm. But even if they're critical of white women in STEM, it's coming from a place of either jealousy or I think there's almost always at least a level of begrudging respect there, you know? Yeah. Some self-insecurity. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: So, Doctor, we talked about this at the very beginning of the podcast, about how you – you personally know a thing or two about romance when it comes to white women in STEM. But I think I think TJ had some questions, um, some more he wanted to discuss about this topic.
1: Yeah, so I think we could just start by I would love to get an overview of what the dating scene is like in STEM, either in the workplace or in university, because obviously the white women and women in general even – are far outnumbered by the men in this specific field.
2: Right, so there's a really good quote that pretty much summarizes it, Um, but before we get to the quote, I think we're gonna have to once again delve into the topic of white, or I guess just men in general in STEM, which is uh, sort of similarly negative to the women, their reputation, that they're sort of uh, socially reclusive, maybe a bit strange, maybe maybe a bit buggy in their in their source code. Yeah. Uh, have a few defects in the hardware. Yep. Yeah. Um especially where it counts if you know what I mean. Huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about, Indeed.
2: Doc. Anyway, um all this to say that uh basically there are many, many men, many men who upon me pursuing these <laughs> white women in STEM because Say what you want about these men, but they, uh, they know that they're pursuing a long-term desirable object because they're pursuing a strong, independent woman, at yeah. least, ideally. So with all these somewhat strange and uh, sometimes a little disturbed men pursuing you, the, the, the saying we like to have in computer science for white women is, the odds are good, but the goods are odd.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Couldn't couldn't put it any better myself. Yeah,
0: right. that is that's pretty potent.
1: Yeah, but just just because the uh, just because of the laws of supply and demand here. Well, I mean that's another thing. I guess I need to get your take on the supply is, observably low of white women in STEM. Is the demand similarly high for a partner as it is in the general population, or? I don't know, is that something STEM men are interested in?
2: Uh, I think STEM men are probably less uh, testosterone-oriented as many men in the general population. So I would say, um, in general, their sex drive is probably slightly lower than the average man in the general populace. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are some numbers you just can't overcome. Yeah. Um, It would require just so many more white women to overcome that in STEM. So... Really, if you want to stop white women getting harassed in STEM, go into yours yourself as a white woman for all our white woman listeners. Huh. Should water down the uh, the ratio there a little exactly. bit. Exactly.
0: You know, I do think that's, that's a, one thing we want to leave the listeners with. If there are any young white women out there listening to this podcast, don't be afraid to go into STEM.
2: Absolutely not. The ratio only keeps on getting better and better each year. You'll be supported by all your professors because they are... Sick and tired of seeing dudes every day. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's true. So kind of, uh, sorry to like bring things back here a little bit, but kind of going back towards the dating scene. um, You know, I have not as much experience as either of you in STEM, but I did take some STEM classes in university. And one thing that was unmistakable about every single classroom, which I walked into for these uh, particular classes, was the odor, which was immediately noticeable pungent and not entirely enjoyable so i would have to think it would be difficult as a white woman in stem who hopefully is maintaining proper hygiene that is a distracting thing and also not exactly the most attractive thing if you're looking for someone with similar interest as you how do these white women in stem get past that or is that just like a screening stage where you have to pass the original baseline level of, pr- of good hygiene in order for a white woman in STEM to even consider you.
2: I think the reality is that uh, here in the classroom like that, the stench kind of pervades all to the point where a white woman can't tell if it's coming from you or the guy who just stayed up all night playing World of Warcraft three rows down. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, in reality, uh, I think if you're trying to hit on a white woman in the classroom, uh, of a STEM classroom, um, I think you're just going to lose out because uh, there's just, I mean, in reality, she's just going to be on her guard against that disgusting stench, that Mm. horrendous smell. Um, Now, if you can arrange some way to hang out with her outside of the classroom, hopefully being a well-groomed young man yourself, that will be your opportunity to impress her with your bodily hygiene. Yeah. Huh.
1: Well, I mean, hopefully if you're well-groomed, that's more of an advantage over the rest of your peers than it may normally be in other workplaces or areas of study. Right.
0: It is kind of a a simple fix that will give you a leg up.
2: Yes. Right. Exactly my thoughts. Yeah. Right. Uh, I read a, a book called The Mathematics of Love by Dr. Hannah Fry, where she describes all sorts of ways that math can apply to love. It's a very interesting read. Uh-huh. Whether you're looking for hookups or the one forever. Mm-hmm. Um, for both men and women. But uh... one of the most interesting things is that the best way to look good yourself is to be next to someone who you compare extremely favorably to. So wow. basically, much like the movie Interstellar, everything is relative. Wow. wow.
0: I've never thought of it like that, but you know, it makes sense.
1: It does make sense. You know, I had an experience with one of my friends. Um, where we really didn't experience it so much ourselves as much as we just observed it. But there was a girl who was kind of on the periphery of our social circles at the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, we never became that close with her. Essentially what happened was she ended up kind of outing some embarrassing things about another guy we knew to a group of at least 40 people in a tell all in a basement. And we, Without going into much more detail, we felt extremely badly for the guy who was exposed. And my friend said to me immediately, I knew we couldn't trust her. And I said, what are you talking about? How did you know that we couldn't trust her? This is a white woman, by the way. I don't know if I've said that already. And he says to me, she's way hotter than all the rest of her friends. So he knew just from that fact that she was a power player trying to climb ladders by surrounding herself by people with whom she compared relatively and over whom she could have power.
2: Man, huh. that must have been a, a real slap on the face or maybe on the ass. I don't know. It too. was.
1: It was. It really must have left a mark for that guy too.
0: All right. Well, that was, that was riveting. That was, frankly, one of the, the most intellectually, I don't know, stirring conversations we, I think we've had on this podcast. So we really appreciate your time, Doctor. But before we can let you go, just like all the guests who have come before you, you need to nominate a white woman of the week. It's everyone's favorite segment on the show, so no pressure, but I hope you've got a good white woman picked out.
2: Oh, I've come prepared. I think, I think I've picked a great woman, white woman of the week. Um, it's topical. It's powerful. It's inspirational. She's Ada Lovelace. Now, Ada Lovelace. Incredible. Now, you might all be thinking, who the fuck is Ada Lovelace? I've never heard of this chick. How can she be White Woman of the Week? And in reality, uh, she was the first female computer scientist. If you have any sort of connection to a computer, you've probably heard the term a bug in the computer, right? Yes. She was the one who coined that term. Oh. It actually came about for the first time when a literal moth flew into like the circuitry of the computer she was working with, wow. and they couldn't figure out what was wrong until they went in there and found it fried in there. Wow. So that's where the term a bug in the, in the source code came. The
0: more from. you know. That, I I had never heard that story before. That's
2: a that moth, fun little tidbit. That moth is immortalized pressed between two pages in her journal. Wow.
1: wow. If only if it was that easy, you know, I'd rather just open up the keyboard instead of fight with Eclipse for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. I can relate
2: way too much.
0: You know what the other great thing about Ada Lovelace is?
2: I would love I would love to know.
0: It's it's in the name. Love. Yeah. We love Ada Lovelace. And we also love all of our listeners, but not as much as we love white, white women. Good monkey like Squiros. Go and monkey like tab and mouth too. Good monkey, very simple man. With big warm fuzzy
2: secret heart.